What's up, my friends? So glad you're tuning back in to the Launch Into Freedom podcast. This is episode number 35, and this is part two of our two-part interview series with Patrick Horseman, the owner of Ironstone Strength and Conditioning here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. And in the first part of the interview, episode number 33, I'm going to link it in the show notes below. We talked about all things how Patrick navigated his gym, his staff, and the customer base through the COVID-19 pandemic. And what he did differently compared to other gyms and other small businesses who had to shut down and who maybe didn't make it through the pandemic. And in the second part of the interview, we dive deep on topics like leadership, what it takes to be a good leader. And we dive really deep on how Patrick's background in the military actually helped him to manage and to navigate his staff through this time of crisis and what it actually takes to be a good leader in times of crisis. And before we get started with part two of this amazing interview series, I want to make sure that you as a health, wellness or fitness expert are actually set up for success. So if you are struggling with your Facebook ads, with your Instagram ads, with your YouTube ads, and you can only seem to attract the bad kind of leads. So the ones that never open your emails, the ones that never join your Facebook group, the ones who basically are just taking away space in your email system. You don't want these people on your list, right? It's just a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of nurturing to do, and a lot of money you spend on people who may not buy from you anyways. So why not tackle this problem right in the beginning? I created something called the Magnetic Facebook Ads Framework, and it will help you create highly clickable Facebook ads copy and creatives that will cut through the noise on social media and actually get people, and not only people, your dream clients to convert from leads to sales. In there, I will walk you through in a free 20-minute video training through the seven rarely taught steps every health and wellness and fitness expert actually can take to create paid ads, no matter which platform you're on, that will cut through the noise and actually stand out without being clickbaity or have some flashy imagery in it. That way you will never waste your money on Facebook and Instagram ads again, because it will only get lost in the flood of content out there. So you can immediately create attention for yourself and your offers, even if you never ran ads before. And let me tell you something, this is a little disclaimer because we use this framework in our agency for our clients and also our students use this seven-step framework. And it generates click-through rates, so people who see your ads and then click on it, of over 6%. You have to know the industry standard is between 1% and 2%. So if you want this completely free video training, you get a worksheet and you will get a free copy template. So you can basically take the template that I use for every single ad that I write for my clients and use it for yourself and implement your own voice, your own tone, your own content. So if you want to grab this completely for free, just head over to magnet.launchintofreedom.co. That's magnet.launchintofreedom.co and download your free ads framework, including a video training worksheet and a copy template today. All right, so without further ado, let's jump right into part two of the interview series with Patrick Horseman from Ironstone Strength and Conditioning. You sometimes wonder how other experts online always almost effortlessly create six-figure launches, although you have way more knowledge, expertise, and grid 
and all you hear on your launch day is crickets? In today's fast-paced society, outdated strategies like launch and day will buy don't really work anymore. Attention is the ultimate instrument of power and leverage online. More often than not, it's not the most talented or the hardest worker who stands out. It's the loudest, the one who can create the most attention who wins the game online. We are the agents of change who learn to proven pre-launch strategies used by the biggest companies in the world to build deep connections and create lasting freedom for ourselves and our audiences. My name is Michael Hoffman and you're listening to Launch Into Freedom. Talking about navigating crisis, you mentioned leadership. Um, you as the business owner are obviously in a, like a big leadership role. How do you navigate such a situation that is actually ongoing? It's not just like the first lockdown. It's you have to expect that it will happen again. One, and then what were the challenges and how did you overcome them as a leader? Yeah, um, that's such a tough question. I mean, it's not a tough question. There's a lot of things I could talk about discreetly. But I think it's important for especially people in the audience that you know don't know who I am or where I come from. I am very thankful, especially in this experience, that I have a background in in this, right? I've been in the military for 20 years, you know, leadership, leadership development, you know, high tempo change, crisis management. These are all things that I have a lot of exposure to. So I can't, I was set up for success. If anything, I was put at a place in time in my life where I had the skill set to manage this. And the most difficult thing in any kind of crisis like this, that it's ongoing. And uh, what I'm trying to say is there's no end in sight no clear, you know, finish line where it's over, where it's done and dusted and over. And it's constantly changing. And the problem set is ambiguous. You know, there's some problems you can put your finger on. Okay, not enough money coming into the business. That's a clear problem. Yeah, you have to figure out how to tackle that. But most of your problems in a situation like this are ambiguous problems. They're ones you can't define. They're out there in the gray area. They're things like, you know, managing fear amongst your staff and your clients. People aren't going to even necessarily be able to express their stress or their fears. There's managing personalities and you know, potential staffing changes. There's things like keeping clients satisfied when you know you can't satisfy them. People, you know, people wanting things that you just absolutely in the context of the pandemic can't give them. Right. And it's like, how do you lead from a position where you know you cannot give people what they want? And, and you know, I think the best tool to use in that is, you know, authenticity or, or transparency is to just be brutally honest with people. I can't give you this right now. Or, you know, I don't know where we're going to be next month because people want to plan. They want to know when are things going to go back to normal? When can I get my regular coaching schedule back? When will personal training pick up again? And I'll be able to bring in more money than I am currently because it's not that busy right now. When will the classes be bigger and I'll be able to sign up for a class you know, a day before instead of two weeks before. These are the types of issues that are just never ending in this kind of pandemic environment. You have to be very comfortable managing chaos, <laughs> just, just letting things kind of happen and not trying to make too many plans. You have to plan, you have to make a plan, but you have to be willing to throw it in the garbage and light it on fire and start again at any moment. And we've had to do that. That third, that third lockdown was from a business perspective, completely out of left field. No one saw it coming. All of a sudden, there was like a four-day run-up and then we're closed. You know, And that's the... 
I think that the difficulty of this kind of scenario in, in a crisis is that things change very rapidly and you get new information very frequently. And you just have to be very adaptable and very flexible in how you approach dealing with staff, dealing with people. And, and I think something I might've missed saying is empathetic. You have to understand that ambiguity and uh, lack of routine and all the things that go with an uh, environment like this are stressful and off-putting to people. And you have to really put yourself in the shoes of your clients and of your staff and say, how would this feel from their perspective? And although I'm hearing their, their concerns or complaints, what is it they're actually concerned about? When can I get into class? You know, I can't get signed up. I don't know when I'm going to get off the wait list. Yes, those are valid, real complaints, for example. But what I'm really hearing when I hear those complaints is more than often, I'm looking for some kind of routine or return to normalcy in my life. And I want to have a set schedule again. And without being able to sign up for classes on a consistent basis, I can't give myself a, a set schedule. So you almost have to read between the lines a little bit and manage personalities and emotions more than anything, I think. How do you go about that, though? Like you have the advantage that you have 20 years of experience in, in that field. Now someone who is maybe doesn't have that, that background, a psychological background. Um, how do you go about that, that you actually can read between the lines and identify what people actually try to say in situations like that? Yeah, if I had that not cracked, I'd be the most paid uh, consultant on the internet. I, I can assure you that. The reality is, is I think that it, it's, it takes a, a deep personal learning process. And for some people, that's a fast process. And for others, it's not. And, you know, mine was a longer run up to the point where I'm at now in my personal career and with uh, as an entrepreneur with a business. But the reality is, is that you learn through failure more than you learn through success. And to get to this point, if you're a new brand new business owner, you would have been in a really tough position because you might not have had the years of experience to draw. And then you have to lean on people if you don't have that. You have to build a team around you that has, you know, the perspective or the answers or a, or a mentor that can help you talk through some of these problems and really see a different perspective. And you just, you have to be open. You have to be a person that believes that the answer to any problem is out there in the universe, not to be given to you. It, it's, you know, a deity isn't going to reach down and say, magically, here's your solution. But you have to believe that there are solutions out there in the universe and make the connections to look for them. You can't just dig in and say, I got Delta raw deal. I'm going to go on the internet now and complain. And I think that's something we saw a lot of in the businesses that didn't do particularly well um, in the pandemic. They had a tendency to dig in, entrench themselves and try and fight the government instead of solving their problem, their immediate problems. It's just a, it's a question about perspective, I think. I totally agree. That's, that's, that's such a good point. One thing that I noticed in the past year or so, and you, you mentioned that other businesses handle it very differently, is that you made the best out of the government restrictions that came for the gym. I know this is like a public stage right now, but if you want to answer that, like, what's your opinion on how the Nova Scotia government handled like those lockdowns for you small businesses? And yeah, how did, how did you make these, yeah, how did you adapt to these things? Because I remember exactly one situation in the, in the most current lockdown where they gave you instructions, what you can do, and then you prepared for it. And one day before those restrictions uh, were in place, they changed it again. So they throw you a complete curveball. So I just want to hear your opinion on that. If, if you want to, if you want to share that. 
Yeah, no, I, I'm, I will speak with a me- what I'll call a measured response. I'm being honest right now that I, I, I probably won't voice my full and complete opinion. And the reason simply being is that I don't think it's particularly productive. Uh, I think we have to work with the government and the regulations we have. Also, I'm in the military and like there's only a certain amount of, you know, fighting uh, the power that is reasonable uh, from my perspective, right? Just based on, on my background and what I do. That said, some things were really good. Honestly, I truly believe that we are in the position we're in because Nova Scotia took such aggressive public health measures. Ontario spent months, many, 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 many months in lockdown with no businesses open, with many cases, with many ill people, with many sick people, with you know many deaths. And those deaths can be clients, could have been clients, and they could have been staff members. They could have been core staff members in the business. So what's a bigger risk? Is it a bigger risk as a business to be closed for six weeks or to have your number one coach literally die and vanish and, and, and have to fill this massive void forever? I think it's, it is, again, it all comes back to perspective. Recognizing that short-term pain sometimes costs a lot more and feels bad, but you have to think big picture. If we get through this, where are we going to be six months from now, a year from now, two years from now? Are we going to be back in that, what I call the stockpiling phase? Are we going to be in good shape? So those are things that I was really impressed with. Decisive, quick, controlled measures, clearly based on the evidence. I'm an evidence guy. I believe in following what the evidence says, but I also believe in following what the evidence says currently. So if the evidence changes, we change. You can't dig your feet in and say, last week we said no masks, this week we said masks. What's the deal? I think that is also wasted energy and wasted effort. If there was an overwhelming criticism I would leverage against the current government, it was their communication. From a business perspective, very poor communication. Most of the time we found out about public health measures or restrictions, we found out at the same time as our consumers. Now, practically, I understand why. The government's trying to make it so that you don't let the cat out of the bag early and leak all the information they're about to announce. But the problem is, is you have no run-up. You have no preparation. I can't even be prepared to answer client questions or concerns because I'm literally finding out at the same time. And the immediate reaction from members is panic. So every time we would announce a restriction or a closure and we found it at the same time as our clients, we'd get a massive influx of like 40 or 50 emails from clients asking to put, have their memberships put on hold. I don't blame the client. But if they had have just given me an hour or two to respond, we would have already sent out a mass email saying, we are going to put your memberships on hold starting on this day, whatever. And this just creates all this extra work that you have to kind of trudge through on your way to getting to the right solution. You suddenly have to manage these 40 extra emails. You can't just ignore them, right? It's not a it's bad business, right? So you have to deal with that. Then you have to deal with coaching questions that you're getting from all your staff at the same time as the clients. The communication was certainly the biggest gap and same with the kind of, you know, like a couple of weeks ago when they announced the sudden change to the border restriction with New Brunswick, that kind of came out of, again, nowhere. It was just like the day before, the night before. I'm fine with the change. I, I don't think we would have had nearly as much concern if the change was transparently announced several days before. They had all the information. But it's just a question of communication. When do you tell people? How do you tell them? Who do you tell first? And I think there's one big thing that the government had to work on in this whole pandemic, it's communication. They, they need, really need to improve that. I appreciated you being like so honest with that. Like 
it's great to get such insight from from someone who actually runs a bigger business here in Halifax and who was directly affected by the whole pandemic. Lastly, oh, to wrap things up, I want to um, touch on something that might be really valuable for our, for the listeners here. There are a lot of health and fitness experts out there who maybe have their dream for years now to open their own gym. But a lot of times they think of, okay, like there's a lot of cost with it associated. I'm opening your own gym. There's a lot of cost. There's a lot of risk. Um, and especially now after those 14 months that we had with COVID, they're probably even more hesitant. So you as someone who runs your own gym now for several years, what would your advice be to someone who actually considers opening a gym maybe in the near future or even further down the road? Oh, again, I think that's like, we could do a whole, we could do a whole podcast on just that. Take your uh, time. <laughs> um, so like, I think everyone gets into the, the market a little bit differently. I think there's, there's two things that you need to do before you even think about opening a business. You have to figure out what you are going to be the best at or the expert in, in your own business and how that relates to your long-term, you know, kind of position in the business. So if you aren't the financial person, you can't just open a business and hope the finances work. You got to find the financial person that's going to round out your understanding of how the money and the math works, especially if you're going to get into brick and mortar, because the line items, the maintenance costs, the rent, the taxes, all of it, 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 it becomes very complex when you go brick and mortar versus an online presence, right? You know, in corporation, are you a limited company? There's, there's a bunch of questions to ask in that sector. So you, the first thing is you got to figure out what you're the best at and what you're the worst at. And you have to find the people to plug those gaps, like what you're the worst at. And then you have to decide what your short-term and long-term position in the business is. So for the first year and a half we were open, I coached a lot. I coached a full day every week and the odd evening and, and whatever class was available. And back then we didn't have nearly the class offerings or robust schedule we have now. Um, so I was coaching a lot. But there had to always be a plan in place for me to be not coaching at some point if the business was going to thrive. Because if I was tactically in the business coaching every day, even though I love doing it, the business development, which was what I was really there to do, business development, you know, operations, that's kind of my core portfolio and strategic planning, like where we're going to be a year from now is always what I'm focused on. If I wasn't able to do that, if I couldn't remove myself from the business as a coach, I might as well at that point, I've just gotten a job at some other gym. Why open a business? Like if you're stuck with a, what we'll call okay paying job. Yeah. You work for yourself, but if all you do every day is coach for yourself instead of for somebody else, and you have to do finances and you have to plan and you have to figure out how to do social media in your spare time. And you have to do coaching development if you want to bring in new staff and, and, and if you don't have a plan to get yourself out of that, then don't open a business, right? The role at that point is not business owner. It might be self-employed entrepreneur, maybe one-on-one -on -one personal training or, you know, bootcamp style classes or small boutique fitness might make sense. But if you're really thinking scaled brick and mortar, you have to have a plan to be off the floor in the near future. Those are probably the two biggest before you go anywhere questions you should ask yourself is like, am I really asking myself if I want to own a business or I just want to coach and work for myself? Because those are two very, very different things. And then from there, it's just a question of like, are you willing to, to suffer some ambiguity to get started now. So we did things, what some people might call backwards. We decided what our core product was going to be, CrossFit. We registered an affiliate and we got the doors open. Yes, we spent some money and we invested a bunch of capital up front, 
but we got the doors that open and we got our revenue stream coming in. And then we embarked on a five-year journey to kind of figure out how to get from where we were with some revenue coming in to where we wanted to be and really build out and develop the brand from that point. The brand probably wouldn't have been developed any faster, whether the business was open and had revenue coming in or not. I don't know if we would have got we, myself and Jens, the other, my business partner or whoever was on the team at the time. I don't know if we would have got to the point of figuring out what Iron Stone itself really is any quicker than if we had have just done it while we were working through it. So you have to decide, do you want everything to be turnkey, ready to go the day you open? In which case you're probably, you know, two, three years away from opening. You have to do way more on the brand and development and operation side than you think you have to do. Or are you willing to deal with some ambiguity, fight through some pain and let things kind of evolve naturally over time? You know, either approach works. Lots of people do one or the other. You know, a really good example of a local business in our community that did the opposite from what Ironstone did is Move East. I know Hannah really well, but Move, Move East opened. Turnkey, you know, mature studio presence, mature branding, nice build out, clear class offerings, good software. They were there the day they opened their doors. We weren't. We certainly weren't, right? And whether that's a mistake or not is, you know, I'll never know. We'll never know because no, there's never going to be someone else that opens the exact version of Ironstone, you know, in the same geographic location at the same time, but with all the mature parts completed, right? You can't go back and do a side-by-side analysis of two different versions of the exact same business, one that was mature when it started and one that had to get there. So... You just figured out, I think. And and ultimately, if you're trying to get into this for business, you just have to decide like how much risk are you willing to take on to, to get to that point. Both of them come with their own very big risks. I think that's also that what makes Ironstone that special. I didn't know the whole history there, but you telling me that right now that you basically jumped in and you figured it out on the way. Um, you had a lot of people that joined you right from the beginning and who built the business with you who are not necessarily on the team, right? Who are like members for the gym, like from day one. And I feel like that one shapes the shapes the community and also shapes the business. Um, as you said, like the brand probably wouldn't be any further if you would have had figured, would have figured it out uh, right from the beginning. Yeah. Awesome. Patrick, thanks so much. Like this was an amazing conversation. Like I got so much insight into a business that I see every day, but I, I never see what's happening behind the scenes. So for everyone who might be in Halifax or the Halifax area who want to check out Ironstone, where can they learn more? Where can they learn more about the gym, about you? And then also people outside of Halifax, I think you guys are on social media, um, providing a lot of value there. Yeah, so we're on Instagram. Uh, that's our main social platform. We're on Instagram and Facebook, but at Ironstone Strength on Instagram, um, you'll see lots of photos. More, you know, you'll see lots of Michael run around with the shirt off too. Online, IronstoneStrength.com. All our product offerings are online, including online registration for all our classes. Uh, it's a pretty straightforward process now that we've got to the point where our web domain is really uh, kind of a well-oiled machine. So you can see our class schedule. If you see something on our class schedule you like, you want to try out a class, register. It'll ask you to make an account. And if you choose a single visit pass, uh, if it's your first time at Ironstone, that single visit pass will be automatically discounted to $0. So you can try out the class for free. If you have any questions, fire us a message in the chat bot right on our website or to our email info at ironstonestrength.com. And we'd be happy to help you navigate that process.
Awesome. And as usual, I'm going to link all of that in the description of the podcast. Again, Patrick, thanks so much. Um, I really enjoyed this, this conversation. Um, and yeah, I'm going to see you in the gym anyways. Great. See you soon.